0: Welcome to the Love Your Life Podcast. My name is Stephanie. I'm a health and life coach, fitness enthusiast, entrepreneur, and a triathlete's wife. I am here to share my tips to help you create harmony on all aspects of your life. Health, career, spirituality, relationships, and personal development. Every week, you will be inspired to create a life you love and deserve. Welcome back to another episode of Love Your Life Podcast. It's your girl, Stephanie, and in honor of May being Mental Health Awareness Month, I thought it'd be really great if I shared a webinar I did yesterday to my audience in regards to mental health. So stay tuned as we are going to dive deep on the signs and symptoms of mental health and also why it's so important to not just have a healthy body, and focus on exercise and nutrition, but also have a really good healthy mindset when it comes to different things. We are diving deep about stress, how to handle stress, and different techniques. So it's not always having to go with the medicine route, but we'll be sharing a lot of really great tips on how you can really have a healthy mind, body, and soul. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Now, on to the show. Hi guys, if we have not met, my name is Stephanie. I'm the founder of Fitness Wellness Life, and I absolutely love supporting you guys and really improving and maintaining a good overall health. And with that, it also includes mental health. If you're not aware, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So in honor of May, and this being May 1st, when we're doing this recording, I definitely want to talk about the impacts of mental health. I am motivated to help you remove any compromises in your life that stand in your way of achieving optimal health and wellness and achieving your goals and aspirations. So if you have any questions whatsoever during, um, after watching this whole thing or listening to this podcast episode, if you're listening to the recording later on, please feel free to let me know by sending me a message you can reach out to me on Facebook at Stephanie Lopez Gilmore or follow me on Instagram at FWL underscore stuff. Again, that is FWL underscore stuff. Now feel free to send me an email at, Stephanie at fitnesswellnesslife.com and I will do my best to respond really quickly. So wait one moment as I get ready to share this whole thing. All right. So today we are talking about why is your mental health so important? And the reason why I really wanted to touch base on this again is because it is Mental Health Awareness Month. If you are not aware of that, then take a look. We've been talking about it a lot. Again, I want to welcome everyone to taking the time out of their day to either watch this presentation or listen to this podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, I felt the need to not only do the presentation and have it available to you both on Facebook and on YouTube, but also to have it as one of my podcast episodes, because I know so many of you like to actually listen to something as you're driving into work. So if that is you, then you are probably listening to it on my podcast. Love your life podcast. Again, thank you for tuning in. All right, so we're going to go right into this. Uh, The plague of modern times, though many may argue, and I believe, that mental health issues are among some of the most widespread illness of our times. You might not be aware of this, but one in five adults are suffering from some form of mental health issue. That is almost 40 million Americans, you guys. That is a lot. Not only are these numbers very widespread, but they are generally quite a lot more challenging to identify and control than most people think. The World Health Organization, or WHO as it's referred to, refers to mental health as a state of well-being in which an individual realizes his or her own potential can cope with the normal stresses of life and you can work productively and fruitfully and is able to have some kind of contributions to their own community. It has also been found that mental health issues in America increased almost noticeably between 1930s and the 1990s, with some fascinating studies outlining that younger people, in particular, have indicated a significant decrease in levels of happiness since this era. And honestly, I can say that since social media has come into being. I think those numbers have definitely increased a lot more than that. The article that I will be linking later on below in the show notes or below and whatever it is that you're watching on your watching platform suggests that modern life is not good for mental health. So think about that with your modern life of day to day stresses when you're dealing with work, social situations, and then social media, especially for the youth, a lot of that social media bullying is not good at all for mental health. We're doing a lot of comparison. We're feeling like we're less than. That is the one biggest thing that's plaguing us. While many elements of modern life and Western society in general are unfortunate consequences of industrialization and might seem a little bit overwhelming to confront head on, there are always ways to maintain mental stability and balance amid all of this crazy chaos. The key is to be constantly aware of the quality of your mental health and have the knowledge and ability to be able to treat it. Mental health issues can be challenging to identify and treat because there are so many factors which contribute to their development. If we consider the different backgrounds, life experiences, triggers, and emotional stability of each and every individual, it makes sense that we all perceive situations and think about their circumstances quite differently. This means that treatment or techniques that work for one person might not necessarily work the same for another person or vice versa. So for this reason, self-awareness and the development of individual's inner emotional radar are very key before an individual can hope to make any progress against their triggers. So today we are gonna talk about some ways in which poor mental health can really manifest in our lives and why it is so important to really pay ample amount of attention to the difficult times just as much as the good ones. If you are uncertain about your current state of mental health, there are plenty of resources out there and I will be sure to link some below on your listening platform or on anything that you are watching because they are much needed. So just like we all maintain a certain level of physical health, which fluctuates and changes, mental health is equally a subject to change. And we probably are all on, have experienced this. We're one minute, we're happy, then we go to depression, whatever it may be. This we've all experienced the ebbs and flows of mental health. The trouble is we're not taught how to recognize these issues from what they really are. So from a very young age, we are taught to recognize and talk about the signs and symptoms of the flu and other common physical fitness illnesses, but we don't really talk about the ones that affect our mental issues. Because the individual nature of mental health and mental health issues, it can be increasingly difficult to identify and correctly treat some of these symptoms, such that the importance of cultivating self-awareness and healthy routine of positive mental health practices is very enormous. And at times of stress, anxiety, being completely overwhelmed, whether it's at work or social life, it can help by starting to ask yourself some of these questions. Question one, what causes me this stress? Be very specific as possible, like really what is causing this issue? Number two, can I actively do anything to change the situation? Can I remove myself from the situation? Can I speak up? Is there anything I can possibly do to change the situation I'm in? Three, if so, do I have the motivation to do this? Do I actually want to do this, or I'm just kind of like, ah, ah, I don't really feel like doing it? And number four, if not, am I willing to accept the results if nothing changes? So remember to ask yourself these three questions when you are feeling like you're stressed, anxiety, or just playing out overall. These are just some ways to comfort your mental health blockages. So, my question for you is how do you? combat the first signs of stress. One common way in which mental health issues become evident and start to cause problems is by the way that most people are understanding emotional avoidance. This is characterized by the undesirable emotion or experience being avoided in favor of the other, often damaging activities or outward expression of an imbalance. This can manifest in a variety of different ways depending on the emotions and the circumstances involved. It is important to be aware of your emotional avoidance tendencies because when feelings go unchecked for far too long, undesirable expressions or emotions can crop up and affect your life in a way that treats those around you in a not so nice manner, often resulting in unintended consequences. an example of an emotional avoidance may be an individual suffering from anxiety or panic disorder, declining to leave the house, which might seem as an exercise in self-care, but inadvertently and often subconsciously a strategy to help them avoid whatever is creating that stress or feeling a panic and anxiety. I know for myself, when I deal with a lot of loss in my family members, um, I tend to, throw myself into a lot of work. So I'm avoiding the actual feeling of being sad, of mourning, and I just throw myself into work. And oftentimes it rears its ugly head down the line when something else happens, whether it's compromising my job, whether it's compromising my relationship with my family members and my loved ones, or whether it's compromising my workout efforts. Somewhere along the line, because I avoid the situation at hand, it definitely rears its ugly head a little bit later on. So again, even though our intentions might be good, the fine line between those two actions is where most people will fail to acknowledge the root of their issues and instead stay on the path of imbalance and avoidance. So are there any areas of emotional discomfort you are failing to acknowledge in your current life? The impacts of poor mental health is becoming increasingly apparent in our society and is slowly but surely waking up to the consequences of ignoring it. It is still in its early days, however, only 56% of adults in the US who suffer from a mental health condition will actively seek and receive treatment. The consequences of these statistics become shocking as we begin considering the impact of poor mental health has on various areas of our life, such as our work life, our personal life, our motivation, social life, relationships with ourselves, and romantic relationships. Needless to say, not seeking help with mental health issues only leads to the perpetration. It impacts all kinds of interactions and relationships, work, family, social relationships, whatever it may be, those who are surrounding us are somewhere along the line impacted by the things that we do say and how we act again relating back to when i lost my father and also when i lost my grandmother i not only had lack of motivation to do things my um, social life was really impacted but also my my relationships with my significant others were greatly impacted Um, i tried to ignore it but I just wasn't in the mood to be intimate, to be caring or anything else like that because I didn't want to address the situation at hand. So this ripple effect of untreated mental health issues is more significant than we can imagine. And while we can't change how our friends and loved ones react to our deteriorating health, it's we can't change how we respond or how we handle the things that are going on in our lives. So stress, that is something that is funny because a lot of people say that I don't have any mental health issues, but I can honestly say that pretty much everyone out there has dealt with some kind of stress in your life. Even as a child, you definitely have dealt with some form of stress. And stress has been proven to be the root of numerous difficulties when we encounter in our daily Western society. One of the most noticeable And the most problematic areas where we are facing negative side effects in relationships to stress is in our personal relationships. Some ways that we are not expressing our stressors and anxieties in relationships can cause these following problems. It can cause a decrease in libido, something I definitely have experienced. And I talk about that with a lot of my hormonal health clients that not only has the stress of dieting and exercise and on top of that the fact that i lost my um, father early on when i was um, married to my husband it definitely had a decrease in my libido because so much of your energy is spent on the mental activity of worrying about whatever is causing you your stress there is very little energy left over to spend elsewhere another one is taking it out on others how many times have you taken out your frustrations out on others. Maybe something that happened at work and now you're yelling at your significant other for not taking out the trash or flushing the toilet or whatever it may be. Unexpressed emotions and stresses in romantic relationships regularly result in outbursts of unexpected aggression or uncharacteristic arguments between the couples. Less time for one another. Typically, if one partner has a lot of stress going on and anxiety, they will ultimately have less time for the other person and the relationship will suffer because of it not including the fact that you are usually tired stress is very tiring so when you're trying to be romantic or spend that extra little bit of time with your significant other you are thinking about just crashing and falling asleep because your body is saying hey i need some rest you've been putting me under too much stuff so not acknowledging stress and anxiety ultimately places unnecessary strain on personal relationships especially if one partner is aware of the impact it's having and the other declines changing anything about it. So let's talk about stress in your career. Well, it's becoming more and more acceptable to speak openly about mental health and the workplace is still one of the few environments where keeping face and maintaining a certain facade of hardworking and unemotional professionalism. You've probably experienced this before, The trouble with this is that it breeds dissatisfaction and resentment, workers inability to express genuine thoughts and feelings about their surroundings or worse, their fears of doing so. In fact, one in four Americans attribute work environment as a stressor in the development of mental illness, with 24% saying they feel more stress in their work environment this year than in last year or previous years. Ultimately, this speaks to the fact that the ability to openly speak up about issues in the workplace is a significant factor in maintaining positive mental health and also maintaining positive relationship with colleagues and clients alike. The following um, studies that I'm going to list below have really great correlation between mental health issues like suicide and depression and work-related factors. No, let's talk about some depression and how it influences your productivity. The study that I'm going to be linking below looks at relationships between depression and workplace productivity. The survey discussed and the patient health questionnaire or a PHQ9 measures levels of depression in the workplace. The higher the score, the more depressed the person is. This study found that a loss of productivity was directly linked to the severity of depression experienced by the patient with every one point increase in the phq9 score workers lost productivity by nearly two percent you guys two percent researchers noted that the existence of the phenomenon called um, presentism which is characterized by patients being physically present at work yet depression keeping them from fully functioning impaired productivity lack of motivation and lower overall. Energy levels all contributed to these findings, confirming that the existence of a link between depression and cold activity. Again, I will link the study below so you can read up a little bit more on that if you are interested. So this concept of presentism, being at work but not present is widespread occurrence for those suffering from mental health difficulties and a significant reason why treating and maintaining positive mental health is so crucial so have you even heard of this before well it can also be caused by physical ailments like colds case of the flu allergies this is characterized by workers as not being fully functioning in the workplace and you probably have experienced this where you like zoned out and zonked out and people are talking to you and just like hearing this charlie brown and you can't even think of what your name is let alone focus on the task at hand. The link that I'm going to be sharing with you outlines how this presentism is more costly for both the employees and the employers in absentism. In this case of an absent worker, you can correctly gauge how much of their work is or is not getting done, whereas the worker is present yet not present, is becoming increasingly difficult to tell where their their mind is and how effectively they might actually be working. So, if you're interested in taking a read, don't worry, I got a link for you to read up about that. So, it's not just our emotional landscape that is affected by mental health issues, there's a lot more. The link between mind and body has been at the center of an increasing amount of studies in recent years. The facts are very telling. One such study found that those with chronic anxiety and depression are 67% more likely to die from a heart attack than other cardiovascular complications. They were also 50% more likely to develop cancer. It also found that schizophrenia is associated with double the risk of death from heart disease and three times that the risk of respiratory conditions. The reasons for this has to do with a variety of factors such as lifestyle habits, fitness levels, and diets. The study also includes reviews such found in early mortality is between two to three times higher than those suffering from this disease than any of the general population. So how does your diet affect your mental health? Well, it's commonly accepted that the food that we eat affects our physical bodies. The idea that our nutrition and diet also impacts mental health is only recently becoming light. Poor nutrition is behind behind many hormonal imbalances that I talk about low energy levels and weak immune system as we all know or have i've preached about so many different times all of which can also cause the symptoms of mental health issues balancing your hormonal levels and regulating a nutritious food intake alone can have a significant impact on anyone with mental health difficulties it should always be done under the guidance of your doctor and a corresponding care plan for your emotional needs so let's talk about what to eat Eating fewer high-sugar foods and incorporating more vegetables, nuts, beans, lentils, fruits, and lean protein sources can dramatically reduce the likelihood of mood swings, such as sugary foods are absorbed quickly into the bloodstream. The quick absorption rate causes the initial high or surge of energy, and then it slowly starts to wear out as the body increases its insulin production, leaving you feeling tired and low and also causing you to have an increase in weight. Boosting your intake of foods such as B1, zinc folate acid has been significantly shown to improve the nutrition and mood of those suffering from mood swings. One of the most frequent things you hear with those recovering from mental health issues says how their whole story is when it comes to recovering and they're experiencing life all over again the fact is that the presence of a mental health issue in a relationship can often cause things called dislocation meaning that quite frequently those who suffer from miss out on life events experiences due to the inability to fully engage in the moment with their family members with their loved ones so this Whole thing is when people are not wanting to be involved in social situations, they try to remove themselves and it causes a huge strain. So practices like meditation, mindfulness can help strengthen one's ability to live in in the moment and appreciate the now. So mental health issues are very unique to everyone. So too is the dislocation association with them. Decision making made difficult. One common factor of many mental health issues and illnesses is the inability of patients to make cohesive decisions. Difficulty making everyday decisions is typically a symptom of anxiety, depression, eating disorders like anorexia and other common mental illnesses. It stems from the careful constructs of reality in which those illnesses cling to, the inability to deactivate comfortably from them without experiencing intense stress or triggers caused by individuals to recline from making any decisions until it becomes an absolute necessary. Another reason for this difficulty stems from one's ability to trust their own judgment in the face of change. This might be due to past experiences, lack of self-belief, or a need for approval, praise from others. Being able to make clear decisions confidently is vital aspect of positive mental health, which... Can take a while to cultivate and learn the process of recovery. Emotional intelligence is a concept that was developed by a means to analyze and assess the role of emotions and self-awareness plays an overall happiness in the quality of life. Studies have found that those who have a tendency towards mental health issues have an overall lower level of emotional intelligence so it would suggest that increasing this would significantly help in treating them. Becoming emotionally illiterate refers to the process by which we can learn to identify, acknowledge, and effectively express emotions correctly. This allows us to work with emotions as a means of connecting further at our true selves and avoiding the initial conflict and negative beliefs which are associated with poor mental health. Having a higher level of emotional intelligence is not only associated with positive mental health, but it's also been proven to benefit other areas of your life such as romantic and interpersonal relationships too. So let's talk about how we can manage our stress. Managing unexpected and avoidable life events is another reason why cultivating a constant state of mental health is essential. Again, many of us are dealing with some form of stress, so it's very wise that we start to learn how to manage it. The nature of life is very unpredictable. Things happen, people don't always act the way we expect them to do, and the only reliable constant that we have in the world around us is that it will constantly change. How we react to our surroundings defines the state of mind we maintain. Learning to manage your own emotions and responses in relation to Unpredictable situations is where you see the most growth when it comes to your mental resilience. Ultimately, positive mental health can be seen as a person's ability to move forward with clarity and confidence and with awareness and acceptance of all that came before and trust your own judgment. For anyone who has struggled to maintain that work-life balance, you know that it is easy to be tempted to go in one direction or the other. This balance is something that those who have mental illness find particularly hard to maintain. It's not always a symptom, but can can quickly develop into a trigger and cause unnecessary stress and strain on your relationships. So instead of saying work-life balance, and I don't really like this term too much, I often like to use the the term work-life harmony. Here are some ways that you can actually create that somewhat harmony in your life. Set realistic and manageable goals at work, take regular breaks, even if this includes technology breaks, that's even better for your health and wellness, fuel yourself with proper nutrition is key to achieving any kind of balance, and be open to communicate issues and feelings as they ride instead of allowing them to fester in the workplace or at home. So let's talk about when to seek help. So it depends on your condition. It can be difficult to know when to seek professional help for your mental illness. Generally, signs to look for include your anxiety, stress, and other symptoms become too much to handle alone. You regularly find yourself overwhelmed and incapable of going about your daily tasks. Your mental health has gotten in a way of you completing tasks and intending work, social engagements for a long period of time, more than usual. You are experiencing dark thoughts, negative self talk or suicidal thoughts. Your home environment is more chaotic, messy than usual, and is a sign of a messy mental state. So if you know someone or you are experiencing some of these signs, it's probably a good time to go and seek some professional help. And... Finally, let's talk about some meditations and mindfulness practices that you can have that would really help improve your overall mental health. Taking the time to access and acknowledge your current frame of mind through meditation and mindfulness practices can be super helpful. So try the simple breath awareness meditation. Find a quiet spot where you can sit with your spine straight. Start to notice your breath just as it is about changing anything about it. Notice the quality of your breath. Is it short, shallow, or deep? Start to follow the path of your breath in and release it out. If it helps, you can coordinate the breath by counting, for example, count four in, four out, five in, and five out. Remain still and breathe like this for the next five to 10 minutes. And then just simply go about today. The benefits of meditation and mindfulness for mental health issues are becoming more and more popular. You've probably seen some articles in Time Magazine, also on today's show and other TV shows where they talk about mental health. And I'm so happy that, again, that it is Mental Health Awareness Month and we are actually talking about these things. Again, I will list a couple of the resources that I talked about um, for you. I will also have uh, my next podcast will be another meditation. So that help you calm down and relax. I will do probably a body scan. I'm not quite sure, but it will be another meditation for you. So please tune in again next week for that lovely meditation. If you are listening to the podcast. And again, thank you for joining me today. I'm genuinely passionate about sharing these skills and topics and I believe that everyone deserves to have access to all this information. Again, if anyone has any questions whatsoever, please send me a private message and I will get back to you ASAP. So again, just making sure that you are feeling really, really good after listening to this whole episode or watching this whole YouTube channel or Facebook Live or whatever it is that you're watching, I love to hear about your number one takeaway from your experiences. And don't forget to, again, send me any lingering questions that you may have. I am here to be able to support you and your health and wellness, whether it is your mental health, physical health, or nutritional health. You have an amazing day. And again, if you are listening to the Love Your Life podcast, I will see you guys back next week. If you are not listening to the Love Your Life podcast, please tune in because the episode following this one will be a meditation that will help you really ease your mind, especially after a long day to help you de-stress. So you do not want to miss it. All right, you guys have an awesome day. Again, wishing you health, happiness, and much, much more. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Love Your Life podcast. All information and links for this podcast can be found in the show notes. If you like this episode and want to continue the conversation, you can email me at info at fitnesswellnesslife.com. And for more information to living a life you love, follow me on Instagram at FWL underscore Steph and on Facebook at Fitness Wellness Life. As always, you can schedule a free 30-minute call with me by going to www.fitnesswellnesslife.com. Thanks again, and don't forget to tune in next week for another inspiring episode.